0: This inspiring message comes to you from Impact Church in Kingston, Ontario, where we are committed to living like Jesus and loving like Jesus. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life.
1: I just want to say thank you for the opportunity. Pastor Cameron and Sandra, Pastor Ray, and to all of you, the congregation. And, uh, I remember last year we were looking forward to be here with you, but we couldn't. But this year we are very excited to be with you, and uh, thank you for the hospitality, thank you for the love, the partnership that you have established with us in Haiti, and all the friends that we have here, and. Uh, we don't have enough word to express uh, our love and how you mean to us how much you mean to us you mean a lot to us and to the Haitian people and uh, yeah before I go any further before I share about Haiti I have a verse I would like to share with you you know I'm not the one preaching this morning I didn't want to let you know my wife has a very powerful word she wants to share with you this morning. But uh, I have this verse in my heart for a while to share with you. It's Psalm 128. I'm just going to read it. But uh, while I'm reading it, meditate on it, think about it. It's a, it's a promise. And God is promising us lots of things. And sometimes we, we just need to grab it. Psalm 128, this is what it says. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways when you eat the labor of your hands you shall be happy and it shall be well with you blessed is everyone who fears the Lord who walks in His way and the promises right below it he said in verse 3 your wife shall be like a fruitful vine. I've been blessed. In every, in the very heart of your house, your children like olive plants all around your table. I know you have, some of you have grandchildren. You know, we might look at it as a those, uh, naturally, but I I I want to challenge you, grab this, it's spiritual. Cause I just feel that you are going birth going to give birth to spiritual children. Each one of you. Behold, thus shall shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. The man who fears the Lord, this is the way he's going to be blessed. The Lord bless you out of Zion, the church. And may you see the goodness of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Yes, may you see your children's children. So may God bless you, keep you. May you continue to, to be a light to this city. May you continue to be a blessing to your neighbor, your family, your country. May your faith continue to grow to see the impossible. God is able. He is able. We've seen it. We experience it. We kind of touch it. Well, it's been three years now since we've, we've seen you. And we want to say that God has been doing lots of wonderful things with us in Haiti. And uh, for those that, uh, you know, last time I was here, it wasn't like that. God is doing good things with you here. And uh, for those that uh, probably first time that you've, been, you've seen us, and uh, born and raised in Haiti, and I'm going to share a little bit of myself, my background, while we're sharing about Haiti Rise. Can, can you have the PowerPoint up for us? That would be awesome. Okay. Um, this is what Haiti Arise is, is actively raising individuals to serve and evangelize. Haiti is the the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere, but only six six hundred miles off the coast of Florida. One and every th- five children in Haiti is my And one uh, three of out of four Haitians live in e- extreme poverty and one of it of every 10 children in Haiti is a slave 82 percent of Haitian populations is unemployed <laughs> and less 60 percent live in less than two dollars a day and 50 percent of the population will go to school and fifty will never go to school and out of fifty that has the opportunity to go to school only five will go on to graduate high school. So in a nutshell you you will understand why we are in Haiti and doing what we're doing. We moved back to Haiti after we've been here in 2003 to start this ministry called Haiti Arise. And the goal is to raise up godly leaders. So, within our first seven years, Haiti Arise established a technical school uh, and professional school, a Bible school, local church planting, and ongoing community transformation. I think you can continue going to the next one. Yeah. We also have a community transformation program. We have education fund program, leadership and youth conference, clean water well drilling, and uh, regular rice and clothing distribution, and each one build one home rebuilding program, and hurricane shelter homes. So within the the year since the 2010 earthquake we have been establishing a primary school and and a secondary school pretty soon this year an on-site medical clinic, a goat farm an agricultural program, a children's village conceptualized as home providing a family environment and judicial assistance office it's a we are very busy <laughs> and uh, the first thing I want to share with you is uh, about uh, the church cuz uh, everything we do the church is in the center it's all through flow uh, from the church into our community where we present the love of Jesus to the Haitian people. So our central church, it's called Manayim Church, in and it's well over 500 people. And uh, I just want to announce to Pastor Cameron and Sandra and to all of you, we run out of space. Every Sunday, uh, we have to... Uh, go around looking for chairs, benches, and put them outside so we can accommodate more people. So we just added uh, some more and maybe we'll be able to uh, accommodate like, more, like 200 more people. And this year, next coming year, we want to start our permanent building. It's like we're running out of space to add to our shelter, church. And we are excited to see what God is doing. It's a good problem to have. Then, souls are coming to Jesus Christ. And uh, we are also involved in church planting. And since we started in 2003, now we're up to five churches. And the next coming year, we want to plant two more churches, especially where we are building houses for those that are affected by a hurricane. We also have, uh, uh, many of you have seen it, after the earthquake we established our elementary school because lots of children couldn't go to school. And uh, it's up to about 550 children now. We're saving education. And uh, we're adding high school this year. Because lots of them, that, lots of the ones that will uh, graduate high school, the 50%, lots of them will not be able to continue with high school. So we're going to have the high school so they can continue with the education. And you can see some of the pictures the elementary school, yeah? So we're already using the first building, uh, grade five and six, uh, using it. This one right there. And then the physical structure. So in that picture there, you will see this is the first one we build. That's the primary school, middle school, and the far corner is going to be the high, high school. And uh, it's really awesome to see the kids and a safe place and learning. And uh, we also have a medical clinic and we are providing about six thousand um yep, you know, we've seen six thousand patients a year providing health care for the population. You know, the people are they don't have healthcare in Haiti. They die at a very young age, if I were able to talk about in 2003, life expectancy was 45. It just went up to 50. So they die from any small infection. And uh, so when we move back, so this is one of the things we wanted to provide for the population. And uh, we host annual medical team that provide dental care and physical care and we facilitate like a hundred carol patients with surgery and uh, those those uh, people if we don't have a ministry like this they will go blind and so we are helping them and uh, last last March we have found out January that at least 10 women died in our community from giving birth because every month, every month, because of uh, lack of care. So we we are adding um, what you call birthing center to our medical clinic. <laughs> and uh, we're going to have some mid- midwifery and, I don't know, that's how you call that, yeah. right? Right? So if, even if you're here and you you have experience with this, we're looking for people to be involved. Uh, we're setting up a committee that will take that, you know, set up vision and take that on with us in Haiti. Uh, the next one. That's that's way You know, I I talk about, well, the church is way up there. And we also have a technical school where we have young people learning uh, trades like electrical plumbing and carpentry, mechanic, uh, computer, you name it. But this one right there is very, very deep in my heart. Uh, My parents gave me away when I was five years old. I became a slave child. I was born in a very big family 15 children and they were not able to feed 15 children send 15 children to school so at five years old they gave me away I remember that day uh, a lady came over and spent a long time talking to my parents and quite young not totally understood what was going on and when they were done talking She came over and grabbed me by the hands and started pulling me behind her. So I looked back to see if my parents were going to come and take me away from her. They stood there and watched me go. So at five years old, I was put to work to maybe earn one meal a day. I was physically abused, verbally abused, and no schooling. But one thing that happened to me when I was a slave, my parents, they were heavily involved in voodoo. My dad was the voodoo priest. And uh, the lady, I was a slave one day, took me to church. And I gave my heart to Christ at five years old. You know, and I look back and understood that God knew what he was doing. Even though I wasn't placed in a very good situation, but I am so blessed not to grow up around voodoo. And God sent me apart at a very early age. And uh, today, you know, the gospel is going forth. Souls are coming to Jesus Christ. Community is being transformed. And uh, I tell you, God is awesome. Like I mentioned, one in every ten children in Haiti is a slave. So that's one of one of the things that I I wanted to do to impact the nations of Haiti by investing into the young generation, rescue the younger generation, rescue slave children, abandoned children, and orphan children. And uh, this is going to be the Children Village. It's actually the children Village because it's open. Last year we opened up, we built, uh, we have two duplex built. The first home is open and we have two families, like a mom and a dad, a couple raising up children. Those couple, it's like a win-win for them. One of them been married for 16 years and never had children. Now they have children, they're raising of children. And uh, the other one, been married for 14, and never had children. Now they have children. They each have five children now, they're raising. I never experienced the love of my parents that would call me and say, Mark, I love you. Give me a hug and a kiss and say, I love you. So knowing that there are those children out there uh, went through the same experience that I've been through we didn't want to just build an orphanage or a children home we wanted to build family so that's why we have a mom and a dad raising them and uh, there is one boy the very first boy that we we rescue Mom died, and dad died. And auntie was looking after him, but he got it to a place that the auntie wanted to let him die. But we got to him on time. And on time. So I don't want to say too much, so I don't take long time. And uh, so we're looking for lots of things for those children. Uh, We're looking for sponsorship for them because we they have to go to school and uh, can you go a little bit higher yeah and uh, those are some of the children there and we have to provide food for them and provide health health care for them so pray about it if God is putting in your heart to be involved with this great program And uh, the other uh, uh, one that we're involved with is, uh, I mentioned the judicial assistance. In Haiti, you can get into prison being in the wrong place at the wrong time. And once you get in there, it's difficult for you to get out. And we just got a guy out, the longest guy in the Caribbean that had been in prison for nine years and never been able to go before a judge. And the guy was not guilty. So we have an office, you name it, like uh, it's Matthew 25. I was in prison and you came and visit me. I was hungry. You fed me naked and put clothes on me. So this is a powerful one we have a group of lawyers that we hire that will go to the prison do assessment and then help those guys to go see a judge those that are oh you can keep yeah those if you're guilty you have to pay for what you've done but if you're not guilty we will assist you and help you to get out. And we have a goat farm program, you call it agricultural program. And uh, yeah, so we're teaching grade five and six how to raise goats. <laughs> you talk about transforming community, and uh, we introduce a stronger boar breed into Haiti. And uh, with those goats, they are most, uh, They have more meat. They you can sell them with more money, with more money. And then with those kids, we train three months of uh, program. We train them how to raise goats. And then we give them a, a pregnant goat to take home with them to raise. And then when their goat have baby, they have to give one back to the farm. So we continue with the program. And if you go in our communities now, uh, you will see the change already taking place. Uh, there, that are stronger, and, uh, and they have long ears, and they're selling them for more money. And uh, the next one, so Haiti always got this disaster thing. From earthquake to hurricane, 2010, we had this terrible earthquake, and the people are still living in the effect of it. Some of them still living in tents, and in last October, we had this uh, hurricane called Matthew destroy pretty much the five provinces, the whole west southwestern side of the country. And the people are living in a terrible situation. And again, for that, I want I know that you have come alongside of us to help the Haitian people. And so, up to date, in Grand Guava, our own town, we fix a hundred and thirty homes. And then, where it's most affected, we build a hundred. 50 homes and we are continue building. We have a crew of 25 there now, building houses. And our goal is in six months was to build uh, 200 homes. And the homes cost us about $1,500. And uh, so we want to, again, thank you for everything that you have done for us. And uh, I'm going to stop there because my wife want to share the word with you. Anyway, thank you for everything. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your support. Thank you for coming down and get your hands dirty because lots of you have been down there. So may God bless you. So knowing that we are in Haiti praying for you all the time and you have a, a partner church down in Haiti. God bless you and then
0: When I woke this morning, I had this verse that I really felt like I needed to share with you guys for your church. And funny enough, it's just right before the verse Mark shared with you in Psalm 125 and 126. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abides forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people from this time forth and forevermore. For the scepter of wickedness shall not rest on the land allotted to the righteous. Lest the righteous stretch out their hands to do wrong. Do good, O Lord, to those who are good, and to those who are upright in their hearts. But those who turn aside to their crooked ways, the Lord will lead away with evildoers, but peace be upon Israel. I just felt like that word was for you guys this morning. To remember, he surrounds you like the mountains around Jerusalem. He is surrounding you. He's looking after you as a church, and you will not allow the scepter of the wicked to rest here. The Lord prunes for our good to help us grow to take out the things within us that may hinder that growth. And that continues on in 126. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. I love the verbiage in this chapter because it's like, he's speaking in the past tense, but it's also in the future tense and in the present tense. Like, God is eternal. Amen? Amen. You guys can, you know, participate. We're we're, We're from Haiti, so we're like... Yeah, we like the participation. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. I love that verse. We were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are glad. This is for you guys this morning. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev. Not sure what Negev is. A river or something? Yeah, okay. Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. So I just want to prophesy over you this morning and declare the word of the Lord that though you may be reaping, though you may be sowing with much tribulation sometimes, and sometimes it's difficult as you're breaking your back doing the work, you're going to reap joy. God is going to bless this house. He's going to prosper this house. I see a great vision ahead of you guys, and we're so glad to be covenant partners. I hope we are. Are we considered in that group? Okay, good. To see that God is expanding his house here. Because remember the last time we were here, you guys were still meeting in the cinema, right? And I couldn't see any of your faces. (laughs) Now you're shining brightly. I can see all of you. It's wonderful. So I just pray that word encourages you this morning. Let's just pray together as, um, as we ask God to speak to us. Father, we just want to thank you for being present, ever present with us. Lord, even when we're going through the storms of life, you are there to walk with us. I just pray that your word would penetrate our hearts this morning, that you would speak through me. Lord, even though I am nothing and I have nothing within me, Lord, it's all about you. I pray that I would be put aside and you would be made glorious this morning. Bless your people today, in Jesus' name. Amen. So it's been really fun hanging out with Pastor Cameron and Sandra. We love uh, being with them, because it's kind of cool. We're like soul brother and sisters. (laughs) In fact, the similarities between our families is a little scary. We both have five children, although I'm going to beat them pretty soon, because we're in the process of adopting one more, so you guys better get on that too. (laughs) Uh, we're both interracially married (laughs) we both have missions hearts and traveled much we both have amazing husbands (laughs) visionary men of God and me and Cameron are like we should have been born in the same house, because we're from the same era. We love the 80s. And I might just break out in song, and you'll be like, oh, man, it's all Pastor Cameron all over again. No, I'm just, I'll, I'll, re, I'll refrain. So I would just like to encourage you guys this morning with a word that uh, Pastor Jerome from Daystar Church in Leduc came and shared with our church a few weeks back. Uh, and just so moved me. Uh, There's a book that I love, because I'm I'm a bit of an artist, and there's this book called Steal Like an Artist, because it's okay to steal when you do it the right way. (laughs) If it's not plagiarism, and you give credit to whom credit is due, and you rework it, and you make it your own, because nothing is new under the sun, right? Everything is... Creativity is just building on what someone else has already built. Okay, so... If you want to be creative, there's your clue, okay? You can take what someone else has done and make it yours in an amazing way. So this message I've actually tailored from Pastor Jerome's message and made it more, I don't know, fit to what I feel God is speaking today. Peace in the calm of the storm. We have the slide there. I just want to point out three main points in talking about peace in the calm of the storm. What does this look like? What does this mean? Let's go to chapter 4 of Mark, verse 35 to 41. This is a familiar story that we probably have all heard at some point, uh, but begs to be repeated this morning. Mark 4. Actually, since we're all lazy, we can actually just read it right from the screen. These days, you don't even have to look stuff up anymore. Here we go. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And I I just like to stop and picture, how was he? (laughs) Just as he was, Hmm probably just had his robe on. Like, what does that mean, just as he was? And there were other boats with him. And a great windstorm arose. Now, I think windstorm is a little bit of an understatement. It was more like a hurricane storm that took place here. The waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, Asleep on a cushion. How convenient of Jesus. Just to be fast asleep on a cushion. And um, gauging by the kind of fishing boats these were, I imagine he needed a cushion to be able to be sleeping. We took a little trip a couple years ago to the island that's just off of Haiti. That's still part of Haiti. It's called La Gonave. And it was like our three-hour Gilligan, Gilligan's tour on this um, boat that was actually a charcoal transportation boat. So when we, we rented the boat thinking, you know, it'd be a nice little trip. And when we get to the boat, we realize there's no benches, there's no shade. It's just a big wood boat. And you either had to sit on the edge of the boat or on top of the bags of charcoal that were down below. I would have enjoyed a cushion <laughs> on that trip. <laughs> Uh, We were in the hot sun for three hours, but it was still an adventure and and fun to, to remember. But anyways, Jesus here, he was sleeping in the stern. And they awoke, they woke him and said to him, teacher, do you not even care that we are perishing? And he awoke and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. I wish I could just use three words when I'm talking to my children. (laughs) And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now I find it interesting that he says to them, Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? Just after he had said to the storm, Peace, be still. So I would just like to look at these two words, faith and peace. The next slide there. Faith is, we probably know the biblical definition from Hebrews 11. Let's read it together. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. Hmm. The assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. Now, peace, the Old Testament definition, the word shalom was the Hebrew word that meant peace. It means total well-being, prosperity, health, security, and salvation catch this part, associated with God's presence with his people. In John 14, verse 27, he says, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace that I give is a gift the world cannot give. Isn't that true? Haven't so many of us been searching for peace all of our lives in the world, and we just can't find it? The world does not offer it. In fact, everywhere we turn, whether we flip on the news or we're at work or wherever it is, it's usually turmoil. But Jesus gives us this great gift. So he says, so don't be troubled or afraid. Now, I love in the, in the story that Jesus correlates peace and Faith. Because right in this verse of John, he says, if you have peace that I've given you, you don't need to be troubled or afraid. And when Jesus asked the disciples, why in the world are you guys still afraid? Have you no faith? So I would like to suggest today that I think that peace and faith are actually interchangeable. They go hand in hand. And the greater measure of faith we have, in fact, the greater measure of the Lord's peace we have. In the New Testament, the word is irene, and it means rest and the cessation of conflict. But it does not mean, this is interesting, the absence of tension, the end of warfare, and may actually sometimes disturb existing relationships. Hmm. But it always leads to reconciliation between man and God. And peace is what marks us as a child of God. How can people recognize that there's a difference in you? Because you have this gift that the world can't give, that only Jesus can give. They notice in you there's a difference. There seems to be this peace in you. Let's go to the next slide. Now, this story takes place on the Sea of Galilee. And this picture here, this is of a boat that was found in 1986 um, off, on the shore of the Sea of Galilee in a year where there was a severe drought and the waters receded, and they found the remains of this boat under the mud, and they actually believe that it dates back to the time of Jesus. Isn't that interesting? Now, I don't know if I'd want to ride in that boat. <laughs> Uh, it was made of cedar planks and oak frame, so it probably was pretty sturdy for its time. But it was only 27 feet long, 7.5 feet wide, and 4.5 and feet deep. So it was maybe the size of the stage here. And the capacity was 15, 15 people. Now, fishing, as we know, was so central to biblical history. In many of the stories of the disciples, even when they were first called, we hear that they were fishers, fishermen, right? And much of their livelihood was based on fishing. So I'm sure that these men, who half of them, the disciples, were fishermen, they knew what the Sea of Galilee was like, because that's where they fished. There was two major bodies of water in the area of biblical times in in Israel area. Is that the right term? You know, that space. Um, The Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea. And as I'm sure many of you have heard of the Dead Sea, well, it's pretty much dead. (laughs) It has such a high content of salt that nothing can actually survive in the waters. The Sea of Galilee, on the other hand, is teeming with life. If you go to the next picture there, it's, f- it's fresh all the time because the Jordan River flows right through it from north to south. And it continues on to the Dead Sea, but then there's no outlet in the Dead Sea. The, the waters stay stagnantly in the Dead Sea. But the Sea of Galilee, it's continually fresh. And it was known for fishing because it had so much life. But it was actually a very small lake. It was only six um, miles wide and 12 miles long. And it was surrounded by mountains. Isn't that beautiful? Beautiful scenery there. And most of it was only 60 to 120 feet deep. But because the Jordan River flowed right through it, there was actually huge rifts in the middle of it that went up to 1,682 feet. That's amazing. That's more than six miles deep. So because of those things, it was very susceptible to sudden hurricane-force storms. Now, I think the disciples knew that. They were familiar with these waters. They probably knew the right time of day to go out fishing. They usually fished in the morning or in the middle of the night. But they didn't go out in the evening They probably didn't cross over to the other side that often because they knew in the middle of the waters was dangerous. Yet, here Jesus says, in the middle of evening, let's cross over to the other side. This is going to be fun. (laughs) Now, if I was one of the disciples, I might have been like, um, I don't think that's a good idea, Jesus. Because, you know, we, we know the waters, and this is kind of what happens. The sudden storms—they came so suddenly, and they went so suddenly. They could be gone and over in ten minutes, but they could pull a boat under. And if a boat went under, there was probably chances of it never being found if it went down into the rift. So, hmm, interesting backdrop for this story but I just want to look at peace. First is peace in the proximity. What is proximity? That means being close to, right? If I want to learn something or glean wisdom from somebody, I want to be in the same proximity of someone who knows what they're talking about, an expert. And the disciples, I think... Had peace just because they knew Jesus was with them. So even though they knew the circumstances of what could happen when they go across this body of water, they thought, well, maybe nothing's going to happen because we got Jesus in the boat. Or even if something does happen, he's probably going to do something about it for us. If Jesus is with you, you're in his presence Everything will be okay. When the storm came, who did they call on? Jesus. Now, I love how it mentions that they were, there were other boats. Do you think those people in the other boats at that time were like, shoot, we should have ridden in Jesus' boat? I would have been like, can we just get closer to that one? He was going to do something for us. There were other boats. I want to be in the one that Jesus is in. They asked Jesus to take them out of the storm. If I can just stay close to Jesus, I won't drown. You see, in Psalm 23, we know that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. Moses said in Exodus 33, If the presence of God does not go with me, there's no reason to go. So our peace is in the very presence of Christ. Secondly, peace in the power. When Jesus awoke, he rebuked the wind and he said to the sea, Peace, be still. Now that's power. See, as a mom, I would like to think that I have a lot of power. (laughs) But Sandra, there's just some days, right? That like, you're like, peace, 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 peace. Would you just? hmm. No relating. Nobody here is a mom. Okay. Or dad. (laughs) Yeah. Peace and the power. We believe That Jesus has the power, right? We know it, right? But so oftentimes, fear sets in and takes a hold of our hearts when we hear a bad report. When something bad comes our way. Why is that? We forget that Jesus has the power? If we remember Jesus' power, that he can not only be with us in the storm, but he can also take the storm away. He has the power to do it. He did it in three words. I'm sure someone here today has gotten a report of cancer in their family and fear seizes your heart, right? Or any kind of other sickness. But he has the power to take it away. See, they believed that Jesus would do something But funny, like, they were still afraid. They were still like, Jesus, don't you care that we're going to die? Now, why, why, why would I even need to say that to Jesus when he's, like, right in my presence and he has all the power in the world? Like, he made everything exist just by his word. Why am I still confessing that? He has the power. Even they were surprised when he took the storm away. I think sometimes we we do, we lack faith. I love the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the Old Testament of Daniel, because they believed God would save them from the hand of their enemy. In fact, they just walked right into the fiery furnace, like, doo-doo-doo, here we go. (laughs) Wow, wow. Yet they were ready to even bet their life So he has the power, and we can find peace in his power. Thirdly, which I think is the most amazing, it's peace in the plan. He said, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? You see, Jesus was the one that suggested to the disciples, let's cross over to the other side. He wanted to take them to a new place. He wanted to take them on a ride. And I think he probably knew, because he knows everything, that a storm was going to happen. He wanted to take them through it. He knew it was evening. He knew the lake was deep. He knew that it was susceptible to sudden storms. fishermen knew that too. But even this storm surprised them, probably because they thought it wouldn't happen if Jesus was with them. Aren't we like that sometimes too? But Jesus knew in that precise moment there would be a storm, and his plan was to take them through. When they thought they were finished and dead, So having faith or peace in his plan, says, take the storm out of me. You see, that's the difference people see in us. The whole, your whole life could be upside down and spinning around, but when you're right in the center of God's will, you're right in the calm of the storm, just like in the center of a tornado. You stay right in the center of him. People will recognize there's a peace inside of you. Peace in his plan. He calms the storm. And we can have perfect peace even in the middle of the storm. So, peace in this proximity or his presence, believing that he can take us out of the storm. Peace in his power, believing that He can take the storm away. And peace in his plan, believing that he can take us through. Amen? My grace is sufficient for you. He has a plan. He didn't take them into the storm so they'd have to turn around. He doesn't take you through the storm to make you go back. He's crossing you over. He's taking you to another place. He's taking you to another level. And sometimes we'll never get there if we don't go through a storm to test, do we really have faith? He didn't take them into the storm to die in the storm. And even if they did, they knew he was with them. But that wasn't his plan either. You see, we doubt God's plan so much. Why? If we believe in his plan, he's got something greater. He took them into the storm to take them through to the other side. You see, true faith is not receiving what you believe for. True faith is not receiving and still believing. You know, Abraham... You guys know Abraham, right? You've heard of him? Yeah. He's just our father, right? He received some pretty amazing promises from God. You know he didn't see them in his lifetime? You and I sitting here today were a part of his promise. It wasn't all accomplished on his time on earth, even though he lived a very long time, (laughs) hundreds of years we got to believe in his plan. It's greater. Let that peace resound inside of you. Peace in his presence, peace in his power, and peace in his plan. Amen? God bless you guys.